Welcome to Preparing for Robots with your host, Dave Gerber. The future of technology and your place in the workplace are addressed here every week. Now, your host, Dave Gerber. Welcome, fellow humans. I'm your host, Dave Gerber, of Preparing for Robots on the Voice America Business Channel. It is great to have you all here live on a Monday, kicking off the week, loving it, ready to get started. Our show today, now it's personal. Now listen, there's a lot on my mind that I want to talk about today. Lots of statistics that I want to share with you that you need to hear about. Our audience has been growing. It's been doubling. We're gaining ground. We're gaining momentum. Uh, make sure you're checking us out on the podcast, also called Preparing for Robots as well. We're looking for sponsors over here. We're looking on Voice America. We're looking for sponsors over there. We know it's a hot topic. So do you. We have an international audience. And if you want to have a place on the show to feature your product or services, email my assistant. I want you to talk to her directly, Megan at SynergyDT.com. Megan at SynergyDT.com. You know, it really never ends. SpaceX today launched 64 satellites in a record-breaking mission. I mean, think about that. 64 satellites launched today at one time. Are you kidding me? Uh, if you're listening live and you want to call into the show, it would be great to hear from you. Remember this number. Call us 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Until then, let's get back to where it all began. So we're on the 13th episode. If we look back at episode number one, we started with an episode called, Will AI Be the End of Humans? Look, that's where we started. And I want to go back and I want to kind of comment on that show because it was the first show and, you know, I remained neutral. I think that's my job. And after 12 shows, I have some thoughts on that concept of, will AI be the end of humans? No. It will not be the end of humans, but it's going to kill like 800 plus million jobs before 2030. So we all better be ready. You know, start to think about what your skills are. Look at your industry. Start to think about, am I in a human touch capacity? <clears throat> Listen, in 10 years, we're going to lose... Well, in 10 years, 50% of the employee workforce is going to be working from home, okay? So you're going to be a freelance worker, not working from home, paid normally, normal 401ks, and we'll get to that because we want to talk about uh, HR and the impact of this stuff on HR, but we're talking about the whole workforce, everything we know, and I'm not being an alarmist, okay? Uh, because I think an alarmist is somebody who just sounds an alarm but doesn't really have any solutions. I'm all about solutions. I can come into your company, uh, facilitate you, your teams. You know, we can do something about this issue. I can instigate your thinking around going home and talking to your partner or your spouse or your friends to be thinking about what's really going on, what's really happening. Everyone has to be to a futurist. For us business leaders and professionals, we know everybody on the team has to be a risk manager. We can't just look to one risk manager. So think of yourself as doing risk management with respect to employment and your job and your profession and what you want to do and where we're going. Uh, because this is the real deal. And I think our listeners get it. Um, we have an international audience and I think, I think everybody gets it. And we've had some great guests that have come on here. Uh, I would like today, there's no guests, just me. You get me the whole time. So hopefully uh, we triple, quadruple our numbers and you all don't hang up right away and go find something else. 
Gardner predicts that 100 million consumers will shop in augmented reality by 2020. Now, listen, 2020, okay, is right around the corner. And let me just step back and say this, okay, 100 million consumers will shop in augmented reality by 2020. Let's just think about for a second when we hear 2020, what that really means. Okay, 2020 is the end of 2018. We're going to 2019. Oh my gosh, that's a year from now. So in a year, Gardner predicts that 85% of customer interactions will be managed without a human by that time. So that has to have a huge impact, a huge impact on the state of the economy, where we're headed, what humans are going to do, what robots are going to do. And when I say robots, everybody here knows we're talking about everything digital. The reality of it is this is going to hit us like a digital tsunami across the forehead. And it's going to take no prisoners. And you're going to see the pendulum swing back. Because the interesting thing, I think, well, amongst millions of things on this topic, is 40% of people who have jobs that do not or not in a human touch capacity, their job is going to be gone in, in seven, 10 years. Gone. We talked about truck drivers. Gone. So we can also talk about the abyss of education and what the unemployment and what people are going to do. That's a whole, that's a whole huge subject. Talent and retention, huge subjects. <clears throat> a PwC study of 2,500 U.S. consumers and business decision makers found that business leaders specifically believe AI is going to be fundamental in the future. In fact, 72% termed it a business advantage. Okay, so we're talking about massive, massive jobs. Uh, is there going to be a shift? Yes. Will there be a job loss? Massive. Will there be an educational abyss? I think we're in it. Uh, Jack Ma. Uh, founder of Alibaba says, if you want to have your kids compete with robots, you better change the way you educate them, which is interesting because for those of you who are interested in education, uh, interested in subjects like bullying, uh, violence, sexual harassment, classroom management, I'll be running a television and internet television show in 2019 coming up called Smart Discipline from Punishment to Empowerment. So that's going to be for uh, conflict of the humankind in the educational space. So make sure you check us out and check me out there. You can always look, uh, look me up on LinkedIn and see what I'm up to. I'd uh, love to have you come aboard. So we're talking about AI is going to be such a massive disruptor in every segment, in every uh, population, particularly in, in the United States. PwC also, but it, then there's going to be a tipping point, right? So when you talk about this next one, they found that in the immediate future, execs are looking for AI to alleviate repetitive and menial tasks, right? Such as paperwork and scheduling and timesheets. And the reality of that means someone's losing their job. It also means that these solutions are going to be so attractive that when we get to a state of technology that's pretty consistent, <clears throat> it's not going to be the United States. Uh, it's going to be global. Um, and so you can even look at websites like Fiverr and are showing you where people from all these countries that you never would think uh, individuals are contributing. Technology is just changing everything and it's bringing everybody so close together. 
PwC asked which AI-powered solutions digital executives imagine having the largest impact on their business. The majority, which was 31%, said virtual personal assistants. Then it was automated data analysts, automated communications like emails and chatbots. Chatbots is going to be huge, folks. Automated research reports. And when I say going to be huge, I'm not trying to sound naive. I realize they already exist. We're really talking about mainstream. That's what this is about. Getting everybody to wake up before this stuff is already mainstreamed and you didn't even realize it. Google reported that 20% of its mobile queries were voice searches. And if you're like me, you probably just forget sometimes in the moment that you actually can type in and it's probably more accurate than your thumbs, right? 500 million VR headsets will be sold by 2025. If you didn't, I thought it was a cool movie, Ready Player One. Uh, there's scenes when they're driving through and everybody's just kind of looking in the sky or looking around because they're in a headset. I mean, in many ways, this is kind of what's headed in our direction. Uh, it's very Orwellian, but it's here and it's here now. And when we think about Moore's Law, as we know, technology getting twice as fast and twice as small and twice as cheap. I mean, if you think about it's 2018. So by 2030, you're already talking about five plus, plus five iterations of Moore's Law. We can't even really fathom. But if 500 million VR headsets are going to be sold by 2025, and we already have, what, what are we going to look at at 2030, 2040? I mean, we already can see the trends in how relationships are happening and becoming so much more disposable. You know, people are now more willing to let a relationship go than they are to have a conflict and work through it. What's going to happen when we continue? I don't know. Maybe this will bring us closer together. In some ways, it will, right? In some ways, you'll be able to connect with somebody who's on the other side of the planet, and it will, be, it will actually look and it will feel real. We'll probably have mini holograms that will be there in seven, eight, ten years. 37% of consumers use Siri. 23% use Microsoft's Cortana AI. 19 use Amazon's Alexa at least monthly. Now, I'm one of those people who says, I don't want the little machine in there listening to everything I'm saying. Not that I have anything bad to talk about, but it just seems to me like it's a little too much big brother for me. You know, it's pretty convenient when they sell like buy one, get 80 free, you know, something's going on. And we know that in, you know, in case of Amazon and uh, these others, they're really looking to gain entree into the house. As we know, they already have people say, Hey, you're behind Dave. No, when I talk about entree to the house, I don't mean just to be able to drop off your packages. That's pretty small time thinking. They want to be able to, have like Amazon cleaning service. Imagine that. You already trust them to open up and come in your house. There's cameras in there. Ah, now you got cameras off their house so you can monitor the people that are cleaning. And you're talking about a whole new set of services that are going to come. Pokemon Go, which I didn't realize. I mean, I knew Pokemon Go was like a thing, but it hit a peak of 45 million daily active users last July. 45 million that are doing this on a daily basis. Amazon's voice assistant could be bringing the U.S. commerce giant $10 billion in revenues by 2020. Remember, folks, that's just 
a year away. Automation mentions online have doubled over the year to year. And if daily mentions of robots and job have increased, get this, not 15%, not 30%, not 50%, 70%. So daily mentions of robots and jobs have increased. That's why I think this show is right on target. That's why you guys, I think you all believe that this show's on target because you know that the pendulum doesn't discriminate. When the AI and when digital and technology comes back, it's not going to be about um, whether you're male or female or other, whether you're black or white or other. It's not, it, none of that's going to matter because we're going to be in a whole different place. And I think that's interesting to think about as well as a concept because if we're going to be in a totally different place, it's almost like, shouldn't we start to think about how we might want to live if we were in this place where technology was taking care of everything? It's kind of like the $64 million question. If, if I gave you $64 million right now, what would you do with your life? What would become important? Would it be health? Would it be eating well? Would it be exercising? Would it be some of these very human things that we need to do that are hard to do, that are hard to motivate? Even as the technology gets better, the treadmills get better, and it's still up to us to look at how these numbers are going to impact us, not only in business, but in our life. I think this is, uh, this is great. I'm really glad that you're here with us. Other statistics, predictive analytics software will be a big early growth category for machine learning applications. It's expected to reach... $6.5 billion worldwide in 2019, up from $2 billion in 2012. That's a pretty big deal. That's a pretty big change. Here's another one. By 2020, it's estimated that 90% of cars will be connected to the internet as compared to 10% in 2012. So by 2020 year, 90% of our cars will be talking to the internet. We had Dan Wasserman on the show. Uh, he was on a program, I think, in October, and we had a great discussion. He's got some background in uh, a lot of background, actually, in uh, autonomous vehicles and had a very interesting chat. If you have time, go back and listen to that episode. We had episodes uh, on government and security and HR and AI and uh, elections. That was an interesting one, right? We had uh, Chris Hart on the show to talk about social media and elections and small business. And uh, we just came off this election. And I think this is interesting. You know, as all this stuff is happening and you keep hearing this reference to 2020, when I first started the show, interestingly enough, back in October, all the references were really to uh, 2030. And now we're at 2020. So we just have an election, right? Uh, we have another one that's coming up in uh, two years, a year and a half, whatever. And while all this massive technology is hitting everybody at the same time, it, I don't, it, if you haven't noticed things, things are a little bit whacked out right now, right? Things, not only the politics, but you have people doing things that they wouldn't normally do. If you're somebody who's stepping back going, are you kidding me? A lot? Uh, the reality of it is we're living in a really weird time and it's not just politics. Uh, it's really something almost cosmic, uh, very human, very part of the collective unconscious as well. Uh, but this is big 127 billion. 
that's how much the drone industry could be worth by 2020. Uh, 2020, again, 2020, it's right here. If you could win the $64 million, okay, and I gave it to you, what would you do with that money knowing that the direction is headed that we're in with all the technology changes, knowing where we're headed with our food source, our water source, our healthcare issues, what would you do? How would you impact? I'm very curious to hear uh, from anybody who wants to call in to talk about what they might do for any of these issues that we've talked about on the show. Uh, it's real big. And like I said, this isn't really about being an alarmist. I think this is really about being a futurist and being and preparing. And as I just said a second ago, I was shocked when I did my research recently on how these statistics are really centered around 2020 and not 2030. That's a pretty big deal. Um, what does that mean for your job? What does it mean for your spouse? What does it mean for your relationships? What does it mean for dating? What does it mean for your kids? What does it mean for your kids' education? These are all questions that we have to start to look at. We can't just look away from them because they're uncomfortable. All right, it's time to hear some important messages from our sponsors. I'm your host, Dave Gerber, and you're listening to Preparing for Robots on the Voice America Business Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Synergy development and training helps leaders maximize human performance with standardized conflict management and professional development solutions in order to increase retention, save money, and generate revenue. Go to SynergyDT.com and use the conflict calculator to learn about your organization's human conflict costs and find out what our training programs can help you do about it. That's SynergyDT.com to learn more. Or email Dave Gerber questions and thoughts to questions at SynergyDT.com. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480 294 6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com again that's jeff spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com voice america is where you are and where you want to be join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available don't forget to view all our live events including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events Learn more about Dave's keynote speaking and podcasts, Preparing for Robots, The Conflict Healer, and Pre-Marriage Questions. Check any of your normal podcast sites, his LinkedIn page, and his websites, DaveGerber.com, DaveGerber.info, and PreparingForRobots.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Preparing for Robots with Dave Gerber. If you have a question or comment about the show, Dave welcomes your comments by email 
to questions at SynergyDT.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. Welcome back, fellow humans. I'm your host, Dave Gerber, and you are listening to Preparing for Robots on the Voice America Business Channel and your favorite podcast download sites. Let me tell you, I, I hope I didn't wear you out last segment because I was talking quickly. I mean, I'm just excited about this stuff, and I'm excited to share and facilitate the dialogue with people who want to get in the game. And, and that's really what this is about. How do we get people in the game to start talking about things that are going to impact their business, impact leadership, um, impact? It's going to hit every industry. Hear this out. By 2020, the average person will have more conversations with bots than their spouse. That's huge, right? So if you think about your life, if you stop and just take a second and you think about your life right now and you think about how much time you get to yourself, that you really get to yourself. Because I know it's, you can't put like reflection and metacognition on the invoice. Like I was thinking about my own thinking. Like, you can't do it, right? How much time do you actually get with yourself? How much time do you get with a partner or in the, you know, with a friend, somebody close? How much time do you get with your kids? And then think about how much time you're going to be spending with bots. Now, there's a payoff to all this stuff too, because I don't know if any of you have like worked with a, an easy transaction nowadays, like calling up your bank. You know, of course, calling up a bank when you want to give them money is always going to be easy, right? They're always going to make that a streamlined process. They don't want to piss you off while you're trying to pay them. But I, one of the things that's happened now is I really like talking to the robots uh, because there's no miscommunications. There's no negative energy. And how often have you called up somebody? You, you want to throw people off. Do this tomorrow. Do this tonight. Uh, call up some business, a bank or you know something where you purchase something from, a service. And when they say, hello, how are you? You know, how can I help you? Say, how are you today? And watch how things just start to melt down from there. You'll probably hear like silence. You might hear a stutter. Uh, you might hear them answer the question like, you're really, you're really bothering me. I have things to do. Like, can you speed this up? Uh, you might hear somebody who actually, if they don't do all those things, what they will do is they'll probably take a deep breath. And they'll probably go, wow, um, I'm good. How are you? Thanks for asking. Because nobody asks anymore. And so they're going to, and, and all of a sudden I've now bothered the person that I called up that I asked how they're doing because I wanted to try and start the conversation off on the right note. We've really, whether it's the business or professional or personal, we've really lost many, <laughs> much of our civility, it seems like at times. And in some ways that may be the reward when we get to work with the bots. So when I call the bank and I got to make a payment and I just, I don't ask to speak. I used to say operator, 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 right? You'd say operator, you'd say 50 million times, you'd say all that stuff to try and get through so that you could deal with a human being. And now I'm like, huh, I'll, just, I'll follow this through. And I'm on the, off the phone and I don't have any problems. So whether it's that or other chatbots or other things that are the positive sides of technology, right? This show isn't all about the negatives. I mean, what about the miracles of modern medicine? I mean, how many people know that so much of the positive things that have happened in medicine came from NASA, came from space? Uh, lots of connections there. So, when we talk about by 2020, the average person uh, having more conversations with bots than their spouse, 
that's a problem. So I think we're going to have to make some decisions about how we're going to spend our life and how we're going to use this technology, how we're not going to get overrun by it. I know there are many people right now, professionals, uh, colleagues, people who are worn out. You know, what's the, what's the tipping point where technology becomes so invasive that it's, you can't really think because you've got too many emails, too many texts, uh, too many websites you have to visit, you know, online learning. I mean, when does it end? So I had another great guest on, Karen Webster, and all my guests were great. You know, I really liked that conversation uh, last week with Karen. It was fantastic. And we talked a lot about the impact on mind, body, spirit. And I think people do get it. I mean, one of the, if you didn't hear the show, go back and listen to it. Uh, it was awesome. When we talk about mind, a lot of people don't know that the people who were responsible for cell phones and the digital side of it, the color side, the flashy movement side were from Las Vegas. And so everything is scripted here. There's everything is purposeful. This is, you know, how, we talked about chiropractors whose number one population is under 30, who's got a bump in the back of their neck because they're looking down. This is a problem. This is a problem. And parents, if your parents, you, you know what I'm talking about. Because if, you, if your child has a cell phone, I would venture to guess that 80% of your conflicts with your kids are around cell phones or digital use. I would love for somebody to call up and uh, and tell me what their experience is because I know I have a wonderful daughter. We're very close. She's amazing. And I also know that it's constantly me asking her to put her phone down. Uh, and as a small business guy, as a business guy, you know, I have my phone out too. So I have to watch what I'm modeling. Um, my nickname is calling people Pavlov because it's like the dings and the pings and the rings and they go off and it's like we got to answer it immediately. If you're listening live right now, call into the show. We want to hear from you. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. If you're somebody who's never called into a radio show and you're like, oh, I don't want to call it, just call. It's not a big deal. We got to break through the, you know, sometimes this stuff is like breaking through a, a wet paper bag. We make things out to be so much more difficult. We're so afraid of being judged. 80% of us. Number one fear, not dogs, blood, flying, or needles. It's the fear of being judged. And on that note, since it's the holiday season and we're all supposed to be festive and loving and t looking out for each other, if you can provide people with non-judgmental space to be heard, a non-judgmental environment, it may be one of the best gifts that you're going to give this holiday season. You will see people. Uh, and you have to do this through your actions and your behaviors. You have to demonstrate it when you're listening, you know, listening to understand, not to be, you know, to prepare your response, all those things that we know are best practices with communication. So try and provide people with that non-judgmental space, because remember, if we're having more conversations with bots than our relationships, the amount of time we have is really going to shift to this quality piece. And for those of you who haven't answered this question for yourself, what is the secret to life? I will say it's time. And so if you haven't defined success for yourself, I would say it's doing what you want, when you want, how you want, with who you want, for how long you want. So what's your definition of success? 
What are you going to do in the short amount of time that you have with your relationships? How are you going to let AI and digital uh, not overwhelm? I mean, what are they, what are you going to do? I sit here and I think to myself, when they have that many 500 million VR headsets sold by 2025, I'm like, am I going to break down? When am I going to break down? I'm a firm believer that the movies tell us exactly what's in front of us, right? So if you look at the movies, we've got Judge Dredd and we've got Minority Report and Star Trek and Star Wars. Uh, Demolition Man, okay? I think Demolition Man is got some points in it that are right on. Look at how in that movie, and I'm not going to do the, you know, the deep dive on the subject, but in that movie how intercourse was changed to non-touching. There were helmets, right? Look at how, and I'm a firm believer, and if you take this idea, you better call me up and give me credit. Or, all right, I'm telling you that if I wanted to, probably in a month in our society right now, I could go villainize the handshake. Uh, we could convince people that touching and handshaking is uh, inappropriate. Uh, why do you have to shake so hard? Why are you so soft? Why don't you make eye contact with me? Right, so we're moving things away from the human experience, which is ironic, right? Because we want to make these robots so human-like, and it's also ironic because I gave a statistic, uh, I, I mentioned a comment early in one of the shows about the military, where there was research done about how many of the toughest guys who were in these de um, these uh, demolition and explosive units actually built a connection with robots and did not like seeing them get blown up even though they knew they were not humans and they knew there was no pain uh, because we have a tendency to humanize everything uh, there's nothing wrong with that it's just something we need to be able to point out it it's no different than any one of our listeners who might have a little child who's got a teddy bear uh, or a toy and you watch them play and they humanize it because that's what we do. They humanize it. So uh, lots of really interesting issues here. Mind, body, spirit, when I talked to Karen last time. A uh, couple more statistics I want to throw at you. A new McKinsey report finds that although 51% of job activities can be automated, less than 5% of jobs are entirely replaceable by machines. So What's going to be this hybrid approach to how humans and machines are going to work together? I know we're even have wearable machines, the auto industry, others, integrating human experience. So I think it's interesting. How long is it until they look and see what qualities humans need to have to be able to work best with machines instead of vice versa? 51% of all job tasks could be automated by today's technology. Only 13% of U.S. and Canadian manufacturing jobs recently lost were due to international trade. That means 85% of the job losses stem from productivity growth, or that's another way of saying machines replacing human workers. By 2019, I think that's in like 20-something days, 75% of workers who use enterprise applications will have access to intelligent personal assistance to augment their skills and enterprise. Now, I love my personal assistant. Megan's awesome. Uh, I, I can't imagine things without her. 
So she doesn't have to worry about being replaced by a robot. That's for sure. Uh, that said, there's a lot of people who are have already moved to a digital virtual assistant. And when we see the intelligence uh, that we can already uh, have an example of, like I was going to buy a, a new car and I was spending a lot of time looking around. Every time I would go to these sites, there would be this like person who would pop up and say, hey, I'm here to answer questions. Well, I mean, what percentage of those were actual humans and what were not? When I got a, an email from somebody saying, hey, we're just checking on you, I responded back and immediately I got a response from the manager saying, oh, by the way, that's just, she's just a, a computer. We, she just randomly sends out emails to our customers. Let me know how I can help you. This is, this is where we're headed. Here's another one. 75% of millennials want to work from home or from another location where they feel more productive. So when we talk about talent and retention, when we talk about productivity, we know that changes to the environment are huge ever since Ford and the assembly line and uh, back when kids were being used for child labor. They looked, they, listen, they looked at dark environments. They know that we know now that music increases productivity 15 to 30%. We know that a good telecommuting program that has a good balance of accountability and support has probably a 15 to 30% bump in productivity. So we've got some real serious changes. Before, it was almost like philosophical. It was like, is it an XY management? Do like the X, I got to see you in front of me in order to know you're productive. And now the, the Y manager, I don't need this. I don't need to see you in front of me. I just need to know you're productive. Well, what's going to happen in 10 years when those people aren't even employees? They're actually subcontractors. What's going to happen to health insurance? What's going to happen to people's 401k? What's going to happen to meetings? There's a real push. There's some other really interesting statistics by millennials too that I'll bring out in the show. Another 2020 statistic, 43% of the U.S. workforce is expected to consist of freelance workers. And within 10 years, there will be a new global 2000 company with no full-time employees outside the C-suite. That's pretty interesting. So we already have a company that's only going to have a C-suite. Now, I got to tell you, if you're in the C-suite and you hear that, and you're not scared, I think it should kind of scare you too. Because how long is it going to be until it's not a C-suite, it's just a C? There's just one or two or three. And, and obviously, it's not right around the corner. But in 10 years, we're going to see industries disappear, not just organizations, not just business. We're going to see a whole industry disappear. How about this? By 2021, more than 1 billion people worldwide will regularly use an AR or VR platform, augmented reality, virtual reality, to access apps, content, data, uh, your phone. I mean, stuff's going to be popping off your phone. You're going to look at your phone. It's going to be like a 3D, right? So we're all going to be using this stuff. And we're not even really going to be able to get away from it. And that's part of it, right? We're going to have some stuff. We're going to love it. We've got our cell phones. We've got these things we enjoy. And then it's going to be moved to being all-encompassing. And it's going to be more and more. And there are going to be things where we want to take a break. I can tell you I took one of the social media apps off my phone. Man, I feel so much better taking a break. Airplane mode. 
another great thing. People who don't realize how addicted they are to their telephone, turn it to black and white, turn the color off. You'll see that it's surely not as exciting. What are some of the things that you can do to recharge your battery? Get in nature. Focus on your breathing. Meditation. Last week, we talked about that. I'm a super huge believer in that. I am not somebody who ever thought I would ever say that. But after becoming and getting involved with Reiki and doing the certification process, uh, I have incorporated in my life big time. And people need not be afraid that it's too difficult to try. Uh, as I said last week, find good soft Reiki or meditation music. Think about a place in nature that's positive, that makes you feel good and focus on your breathing. And you will see that this digital stuff, whether you're in a cubicle or in a room or wherever you are, your office, uh, you need a break. And so let's figure out how you can get a break, feel better about it. And speaking of breaks, it's time to take a quick break to hear the important messages from our sponsors. When we come back, we're going to continue this conversation. I'm really excited about it. We're live here on December 3rd, 2018 with our international audience. I'm your host, Dave Gerber, and you're listening to Preparing for Robots on the Voice America Business Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Learn more about Dave's keynote speaking and podcasts, Preparing for Robots, The Conflict Healer, and Pre-Marriage Questions. Check any of your normal podcast sites, his LinkedIn page, and his websites, davegerber.com, davegerber.info, and preparingforrobots.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Synergy development and training helps leaders maximize human performance with standardized conflict management and professional development solutions in order to increase retention, save money, and generate revenue. Go to SynergyDT.com and use the conflict calculator to learn about your organization's human conflict costs and find out what our training programs can help you do about it. That's SynergyDT.com to learn more. Or email Dave Gerber questions and thoughts to questions at SynergyDT.com. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Preparing for Robots with Dave Gerber. If you have a question or comment about the show, Dave welcomes your comments by email to questions at SynergyDT.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back, fellow humans. Welcome back. I'm your host, Dave Gerber, and you're listening to Preparing for Robots on the Voice America Business Channel and also found on all your major podcast download sites. Someone once said the best thing about email was that it was quick, you can disseminate it widely, and that it leaves a record. 
And then someone else said the bad side of email was that it's quick, you can disseminate it widely, and it leaves a record. Look, we got a technology tsunami on our way. Email is only one small part of this digital tsunami. And so I guess I I asked a question of everybody. You know, what do you think is making people less interested in talking about this subject, subject of the future? Now, before you think about that, remember, we live, particularly Americans, I, and, and other people would have to tell me their beliefs on this. We're not a preparation-based society. That's why there's four books on diabetes and 4,000 on what to do when you get it. So we, you know, I once had a publisher tell me uh, our quote is, quote, prevention doesn't pay. So we, while there's many of us who actually do focus on prevention, in fact, that was scary for me because I sort of dedicated my whole life to helping people prepare for things so that they could level up faster whether it was through education, training, coaching, facilitation, uh, any of those different interventions. But I, I wonder what it is. Do you think that people are not paying attention because they are focused on the here and now, um, the number of bills they have, the mortgages, the student loans, everything pressing on them, politics? Less than 10% of people can afford an emergency sort of car payment if something goes wrong? Is it? Is it the digital dopamine? I don't know. Is it the digital dopamine that's they're getting from the positive sides of these technology things? I don't know. I think there are lots of people who are paying attention. I just think it's a focused a focused group. I think there are many people who, if your job is not in this industry, AI, AR, VR, tech, uh, Internet of Things, machine learning, if that's not what you do, you're pretty much focused on other things. And that's what this show was kind of about, was to say, listen, focus in on a few things that can impact you. Whether it was the HR show, or we did one on security, or elections, or autonomous vehicles, whatever it is, we have to start paying attention. And and you can pay attention in your own industry. I mean, I work for myself as a consultant and a coach, and I help people deal with uh, conflict. And I help them nurture their inner warrior. I'm a certified self-defense instructor and I'm a Reiki practitioner and certified Reiki master. So I use a triangle approach. What is, if you're working in an industry right now, are you doing an inventory of what is working, what they're, where they're putting their money, what the strategic plan, the technology plan looks like for your company over the next five years? Are you, one of the things that we talked about on the HR show and we had Enrique Rubio and I love talking to that guy. He's so passionate about what he's doing with hacking HR. You know, that whole industry is getting ready. The HR community is getting ready to get clobbered and it's not their fault. Uh, one, they get clobbered a lot because in some ways there's a gap in business acumen and I'd say f- business fluency that can get lost with the quote unquote men and women who are at the, at the table, at the round table. But now they're going to get hit with this technology that's hitting on all sides where case study, case law is still being developed. They're getting hit with 401k changing retirement, telecommuting, all the issues that normally HR would have to deal with harassment, the me too movement, everything that's happening on the interpersonal side within the company. So 
the HR show, I would definitely suggest and recommend that people go back and listen to that show with Enrique Rubio. Tina Rodriguez was on with me and we talked about security. And we talked about uh, higher education and we talked about organizations. And, and really, I think a lot of people assume in their mind that when we think about internet hacking and attacking, whether it's government agency or higher education, we just sort of assume like things being lobbed at this force field that people have. Well, one of the things I learned is, one, the force field isn't really being invested in enough, which has a business, personal, professional, leadership whole connotation to it. And people aren't really realizing how much of these security breaches and security attacks are happening from the inside, right? So we just assume it's coming and lobbed in from the outside, but now they're breaking in from the inside. You know, in many ways, we see the forces of uh, bad, of evil, uh, are working really hard. And they have access to, and they're creating technology, as we know, uh, how many, we just heard about uh, another hotel chain that where they lost uh, millions of people's records or was broken into. So the thing, one of the things that I took away from my discussion with Tina was that this has, for leaders, you have a personal liability around this, a financial liability. And a lot of times people are thinking that if they just rally around the idea of getting a huge cyber insurance policy, that that's going to be able to cover it. Well, what I learned from her was, you know, if you take out a hundred million cyber insurance policy, that might not even be enough to cover, you know, the, the Equifax, you know, background component that you're going to have to pay for, for every, every person who was, who had the breach. So it's not really good enough to sort of just take a slow minded approach uh, and, and, I, and I appreciated how she talked about within uh, higher education as well. You're talking about student records. You're talking about uh, student health records. You're talking about so many things. I'm a firm believer. This is why I have um, multiple things that protect my background. All right. I don't want to mention the companies right now, but if you talk to me, I'll tell you which ones that I support. But uh, I want to make sure that it's protected. Because I'm a firm believer that everybody is going to have their identity stolen at some point. For all I know, mine's already stolen, and I'm just haven't been haven't been told yet. Maybe I'll just check my credit card usage after the show, <laughs> right? So we're talking about HR, we're talking about security, we're talking about these elections, elections. So we've got some real issues. When I talked to Chris Hart, who ran for Congress, great guy successful businessman. I uh, had a lot to say. I would highly recommend you check out that show. You know, he was talking about how much social media was able to stir up the pot, as we know. Um, when I asked him about whether or not he foresaw us voting using our cell phones, he was pretty quick to say no. Um, I thought that was interesting. Because it seems like everything is moving that direction. In fact, I think they're a lot farther behind on cell phone uh, usage than they wanted to. I think back 20 years ago, they wanted us to be walking up to vending machines and swiping our phones by them. So we're talking about elections. And I said, well, do you think we're going to be able to use our phones to vote? And he said, no way, absolutely not. 
And I think it, I think I honestly know Chris, he's a very smart guy. I think he knows that that's a chance. I think he just didn't want to believe it. I think he, I think he's such an American and such a patriot. He wants to believe uh, as I do that they're going to be able to figure it out with respect to how to keep voting secure whether it's done on our phones or not on our phones. But I can tell you that if you want to increase participation, the double down on being able to vote over your phone because people don't have to go anywhere. And that's what it seems like everybody's all about right now. That's what these comforts are about. This technology is providing us. As we talked about earlier on the show, it's also stealing our attention. It's stealing the reflective moment. Uh, it you know being bored is good because it it gives you that moment where you have to figure out something else to do. Uh, technology is going to continue to fill those moments, and for those of you who are parents or teachers, uh, I would really encourage you to look at this subject of loss. But in this case, the subject of loss around uh, reflective moments and reflective thoughts. You know, only twenty five percent of people are pre programmed for reflective thinking, so we have to teach that as a skill set and we have to reinforce with the other 25% who are now losing their focus and desire to be reflective. We got to bring them back. We got to bring them back because these are all distractions. Uh, personal security. We talked about elections. We talked about, we talked about uh, autonomous vehicles. What about autonomous vehicles? How about planes? How soon until you're taking an Uber drone where you're, I think 20, I thought they said 2020, maybe it was 2022. I think that in one city or a couple, they've t- I know they've tested it in, out of country before, uh, maybe not Uber, but they are going to have us, if you're in like a big city, like New York City or DC, you're going to be able to go to a sc- bottom of a skyscraper, walk in, swipe your phone, which will be your ticket or your Uber piece or whatever company it is. And you'll go to the top and you'll get in and you'll have your drone and it'll fly you across the city. So you miss traffic and it'll bill you just like normal. And uh, you know, I didn't know this, but if you get sick in there and you throw up like some people do when they're drinking in college, that's $250. I think it's funny. I think if I was driving it for a night, I would see maybe if I could get people to throw up and then make my money and go home. Just kidding. Just kidding. So we're looking at, HR, security, elections, autonomous vehicles, flying, how soon? And I don't know about you, but depending on where you live, aren't you sometimes rooting for the autonomous vehicles? Aren't you sometimes like looking, watching the people like in New York City run off, you know, they're in the middle of the middle of the lane. You're like, robots would never do that. They, they wouldn't, they wouldn't do run off in the middle. So you find yourself sometimes, whether it's calling up the bank or you're in your car we find ourselves looking down and saying, you know, so technology is not all bad. I think the problem is, is that we're not looking at what the downside of it is later on after we're all addicted to it. For instance, remember when they came out with automated money machines and they gave you your money for free and you were like, wow, this is so convenient. I said, I sat back and I said, wait till they start charging us. And now you could pay three fifty, maybe five bucks, depending where you're at, to get your own money. So we have to look at where the trends are, what the new products are, what we want to get out of our life, how we want to spend our time, who we want to spend it with. We talked about the impact of ourselves 
and the impact of digital on our physiology. And I guess that's where I want to kind of bring this to closure. Remember to continue to follow along with the Preparing for Robots as a podcast. You can download it from all the major players who host them. Uh, but before I go, I want to just mention, take care of yourself. Unplug. Disconnect. Find the human experience. The one thing that robots will never have, no matter what happens, is they'll never have a heart. We have a heart. Before I let you go, I've asked lightning round questions for some fun with all my guests. So I figured that I would do that real quickly so you could hear my answers. One thing that I love about technology is the speed of it. One thing I dislike about technology is, as I've said, it's pervasive and it seems all-encompassing and I can never get away from it unless I totally unplug. If I could have a robot do anything for me, what would it be? I think very similar to many people it would probably be to clean and clean the house and do the dishes and all that stuff. What will humans do in 30 years if jobs have disappeared and shifted? We will love. We will find our potential. We will spend more time being human, taking moments to learn about each other, listening. Listen, if you want to hear more about what I do, whether it's the pre-marriage podcast, the Preparing for Robots podcast, the Conflict Healer podcast, come check them out. Look me up on LinkedIn. Look me up, davegerber.com, davegerber.info, synergydt.com. We're all out of time this week. Hopefully, I've energized you this uh, season, this fall. Happy holidays to you. Have a great Monday. It's been another great episode of Preparing for Robots. Tune in to these podcasts. Check it out. Let me know how you're doing. I'm wishing every human on the planet a great day today and a jump start to the rest of your week. You've been listening to Preparing for Robots on the Voice America Business Channel. I'm your host, Dave Gerber. I love you, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Preparing for Robots. Join Dave Gerber next Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition on the Voice America Business Channel. Enjoy the week.